0: 24 7 available you know to help with everything that happens but in general it's important to keep the main functionality of your product very clear and understood you don't want like if you land on any website that you look at it like what's the product then it's not doing well
1: yeah the product
0: should be clear the product should be clear the added value should be clear ideally make everything visual we understand that most of the merchants are not super technical (laughs)
2: Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, LFH IQ. There are several techniques for conversion rate optimization, but unless you test, it's hard to know what may perform. Also, the conversion techniques could have nuances based on the platform. What may work for Shopify may not work on BigCommerce. So, which are the conversion rate techniques that are most effective on the Shopify platform? In today's episode, our guest, Eric Evenheim, discusses conversion rate optimization stories and techniques. He also discusses the differences between the marketing and pricing strategies for a SaaS business from a merchant business. Finally, he discusses the nuances of conversion techniques with Shopify using different platforms. Let me introduce Eric to you. Eric is the CEO and co-founder of Reconvert, a bootstrapped SaaS company. With over five years of experience in e-commerce, he built a seven-figure Shopify store before venturing into SaaS for e-commerce in 2018. Today, Reconvert has Hmm over 40,000 active users and a team of 30 plus people, making them a trusted solution for e-commerce merchants worldwide. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, and I'm super excited to have you as well because anything that is going to be e-commerce is very near and dear to my heart. And I think we are going to talk about conversion rate uh, optimization. That is always a very interesting topic in general. That's where the money and opportunity is. So I'm super excited to talk about that. Just to kick things off, if my listeners might not know you do you want to start off by, uh, you know, talking about yourself? What you are focusing on these days?
0: Yeah, don't like focusing about myself, but uh, just for general knowledge, I'm the um, one of the founders and the CEO of Reconvert. It's a Shopify app yeah. uh, with a little over forty thousand active Shopify brands using it. Um, we recently acquired another company, another Shopify company called Minta, not necessarily. Sh- Shopify, but they're doing, you know, they're working with other e-commerce platform, but I've been a merchant, started as a merchant back in 2014. I grew my brand from nothing to about a million dollars in monthly revenue and then decided to pitch that business and move into software. And that's what I've been doing since. So that's pretty much it.
1: Okay, very interesting journey. So obviously we need to discuss a little bit more in terms of how the experience was as a merchant and then you know what the differences that you are seeing in tax space, right? Everything has sort of uh, pros and cons, so we'll peel into that. But before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth. So it's a, it's a tough one, but I think
0: the one thing when it comes to business growth is just focusing on whatever is going to move the needle the most. And it's very easy when you're running a business uh, to keep focusing on day-to-day stuff and kind of ignoring the big, scary monster under the bed that you really need to look at face-to-face and and figure out, okay, that's the the, the 10% that I'm going to change that's going to cause 80% growth in the business. And there's always, as a founder, that's your responsibility to always look at these 10%. Uh, It's not intuitive because it's very easy to, you know, just... Keep doing stuff that are repetitive, but that's kind of an employee mindset. If you want to be an owner, a business owner mindset, you always got to focus on that. You know, whatever is most necessary for the company. And it's uncomfortable. That's the
1: truth. It definitely is. And honestly speaking, I mean, I love the way you have put it, uh, you know, moving the needle. Uh, And uh, we are going to discuss a little bit about your personal journey in terms of, I don't know whether as a merchant, you felt that when you went to like a million dollar, whether it moved the needle for you or not. Everybody has sort of their own preferences and priorities. Uh, So number one, that, and, you know, since you pivoted, so I don't know if that was because uh, needle was not moving for you or it was moving for you and (laughs) now where you are. So maybe talk about a little bit that as well. You know, if uh, the needle is moving in, in your current role or not. And, you know, what is that driver that is really helping you?
0: So first of all, regarding the the store, that's a whole other story. And the reason yeah. I got out of it wasn't because the, the needle wasn't moving. We were at the, an insane growth rate back in the day. Uh, yeah. I had some issues with my previous partner. And I also, yeah. I was already starting this new project and I started yeah. starting to get some traction. So I yeah. figured out it's better just to split things out um but it took a long like at the beginning when you're just moving the needle it's pretty much nothing if if you're starting from scratch like we started drop shipping yeah moving the needle it's usually going to be an extra 10% in different areas around the funnel so it's usually not going to be that significant especially when you're just starting out there's no traffic there's nothing to optimize yeah. but once once you do and, and then you want to focus on marketing whatever is the one thing in marketing that can get you conversion usually probably Facebook ads or TikTok ads yeah. or, or influencer marketing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Once you do get the traction, yeah. it's all about uh, A-B testing and CRO. And that's everything in pretty much every business that have any traffic should just focus on about CRO when it
1: comes to, you know. Growing the business. Yeah, so very interesting insights there. And always, I mean, see, as an entrepreneur, I guess it's going to be really confusing, even for bigger brands, to be completely honest, when they are trying different things, trying new things. Uh, it's always a frightening experience because, uh, you know, you have the marketing budget that's probably going to be fixed. And then everybody's sort of looking for results, right? Everybody has those quarterly expectations, even though you might not be formalized um, in your sort of business closing, but still you need uh, some sort of traction, uh, you know. So, here, when you look at one thing that is going to really move the needle for you, and let's say if, as an entrepreneur, you are trying to decide, okay, what is going to move the needle for you? Okay, uh, obviously, from the marketing funnel perspective, you have so many different options. You have social media, you have paid, you have SEO, you have physical events, you have so many. Different things, okay. As a CFO, and our target listeners are really the CFOs and CEOs. And for them, I mean, marketers are always pitching these uh, fancy ideas. But if they want to uh, sort of assess what is going to really move the needle for them, how do you sort of assess? How do you plan? I know you mentioned A/B testing, but tell us uh, a little bit more details there. How do you start on that journey?
0: So yeah, okay. Uh, you do. I think it's important in when, whenever you want to do to really keep pushing the business forward is identify your audience uh, and yeah. it's very in my in my uh, business it's super easy all of my potential customers are e-commerce brands uh, and most of them are in Shopify and different yeah. types of, of sizes so you want yeah. to make sure that once you understand the, the customer and, and the customer profile you want yeah. to understand where they are and you know you want to give them some Different profiles you want to segment them accordingly, so we really uh, so pricing and product these are two things that must be adjusted based on the customer, okay, or just go to a different market. That's all, like you can sell the same product to a different market, yeah. But if you can adjust the product into the market, that's much better. So for us, because we have merchants from all sizes in, in both apps, yeah. so both me and reconvert, we have merchants that are from all sizes, uh, so we made sure that the pricing is accordingly. The, yeah. the onboarding is accordingly. The support is accordingly. So if you're a small merchant, you're going to have a complete different experience than yeah. the one that the Shopify Plus brand is now coming to the product and experiencing. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the pricing, of course, I'm not going to charge the same from a store that generates a few millions in, in monthly revenue uh, compared to a store that have pretty much no orders uh, on yeah. any given So you really want to personalize and optimize the process uh, based on different profile of customers, uh, customer profile.
1: Yeah, so that's very interesting. So, okay. so in your business, I can understand, uh, you know, why you would uh, customize the pricing based on the target profile, because they are uh, at different bands of revenue and they are probably going to pay uh, differently. They are going to have different appetite to be able to pay. But that's not going to be applicable. Let's say if you are a merchant and uh, you are trying to design the pricing, Because maintaining that pricing, I mean, in the software business, it's a very different case, right? I mean, you can have... It's a different game. Yeah, different game, right? Um, So in the case of merchant, I mean, see, uh, how many pricing do you typically see? Do you still recommend the same strategy that you need to have different pricing and and product comment that you have mentioned?
0: Yeah, so with with merchants that are uh, high volume, definitely keep split testing the pricing around the product. And by the way, a very small test could be just test the same product if it's $10. Test yeah. it with dollars. Test it with 9.99, 9.95. See which one converts best. Yeah. Uh, and then you can try even bigger ranges. Same yeah. goes for shipping. If you offer, I don't know, standard shipping uh, of UPS or whatever, just try to mark up up and down based on yeah. that and see how it improves the conversion. Uh, your post-purchase offers. If you're not using any post-purchase upsells, first of all, you can check out reconvert. But if not, make sure that you do that because those convert re- really well and yeah. optimize all the different parts of the funnel. This is all of this is for merchants for with high volume of orders. If you don't have high volume of orders, it's just important to understand again where your customers are. If they are in different communities, advertise in those communities. If they are on TikTok, advertise on TikTok. Um if they're influenced by certain people, try and reach out to these Uh, Influencers, if you think it's going to be driven by uh, Google search, for example, different niches can only advertise on Google, then optimize search. So you just need to understand where your customers are and then, you know, advertise according to them. And just from there, just split test the entire funnel all the time. Always be testing, always have some sort of an A, B test run. Uh, And even if you're a low volume merchant, again, the split test is still important. It it might take more time for the test uh, for you to know if it's successful or not. But yeah. eventually, you want to know which version is better.
1: Hey, so very interesting. So obviously, split testing is. I mean, I think that is going to be the bread and butter for most of the e-commerce merchants. I mean, that's how you sort of make money because that's how you are trying to figure out, okay, what is working, what is not working. Um, so when you look at and is that uh, so maybe uh, trying to define your category as well in terms of your product, how companies are using it, and I don't know what options they are going to have from the Shopify perspective. Obviously, there are a million apps in the you know Shopify ecosystem. It could be very confusing for e-commerce merchants in terms of what they are getting, you know, and why they need, uh, you know, any specific app. So first of all, talk about that, and then we'll come back to the pricing as well.
0: Yeah, so you're right. There are so many brands, like, I don't know, about 2 million merchants on the platform, and, and each yeah. store has different needs. On average, a store have four apps installed, and if it's a Shopify Plus store, it have more than 14 apps installed. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and so if you look at it this way, there are not so many apps, because yeah. uh, there are tons of merchants. And um, I started by building apps for myself, for my own business out of my own pain. I wanted yeah. to be able to customize the Shopify thank you page and drive revenue out of it. Yeah. From there, we really built a whole uh, thank you page drag and drop editor with different app sales and then checkout upsells and post-purchase upsells. And yeah. then we created segmentation and personalization system to that. So that's, that's been reconvert and pretty yeah. much what we do. And we also understand how busy merchants are. So
1: yeah.
0: uh, most of the solutions are very complex for us. It's just you come in, and yeah. with a single click, we completely build the entire post-purchase funnel yeah. for you, a funnel that is optimized for all types of merchants and is completely personalized. So that's yeah. working very well for merchants. And we are seeing an average growth in revenue of between 5 to 15%. It really depends on the brand. And you can yeah. really customize further to, to get better results. So that's with Reconvert and with Minta. What Minta does is just completely taking care of the entire creative generation and yeah. uh, distribution of the content. So it's automatically taking products from your store. Doesn't matter if it's on Shopify, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, whatever. Yeah. Um, taking that automatically uses AI to create a product video and yeah. automatically bring it to your different social media platforms. So uh, Pinterest, uh, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. We're yeah. adding new soon uh, but it's doing that on a consistent uh, basis automatically so you don't have to ever worry about social media management ever again Uh, so these are the two main products that we are running currently we do have some smaller products but these are the main two that helps merchants big time with automation and you know generating more revenue
1: go ahead go ahead Uh, sorry you had you still had a comment No, no? that's
0: that's, that's pretty much it uh That's what we do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, let's touch a little bit about the, you know, I wanted to touch on pricing, and pricing is always very uh, complex. So I think you mentioned that, you know what, Shopify stores, Shopify Plus stores may have roughly, what, 14 apps. Shopify stores may have five or six, I believe, right? Um, and when I look at the pricing, pricing is very interesting in the Shopify ecosystem as well, because everybody is trying to price their product from the revenue perspective. Now, if you think from the merchant's perspective, sometimes these apps could become very expensive, right? And I don't know from the architecture perspective as well. And depending upon how deeply integrated and the involved processes are, uh, when you are going to be sort of doing similar things, uh, you know, uh, from the app perspective, there is going to be a little bit of conflict. I don't know if that is the, Issue exists in the Shopify ecosystem or not, but in this particular case, your apps are completely decoupled in terms of what they are trying to do overall in terms of roles and responsibilities. So maybe you are not seeing that, but I'm not sure if you come across any sort of conflict scenarios where you have, you know, apps that are sort of trying to attack the same business object, and then you know, (laughs) I don't know how you resolve that.
0: Yeah, of course. First of all, there are are, all the time there are different different apps colliding, and it's causing a lot of. Technically, it it makes sense. Um, we do what we can, and we try to keep the code as clean as possible, so it yep. won't cause other issues. It happens sometimes, but we do have technical support twenty four seven available you know to help with everything that happens yeah um but in general, it's important to keep the main functionality of your product very clear and understood you don't want like if you land on any website that yeah. you look at it, like what's the product then it it's not doing well.
1: Yeah. The price yeah.
0: should be clear. The product should be clear. The added value should be clear. Ideally, yeah. make everything visual. We understand yeah. that most of the merchants are not super technical. They're yeah. most, usually they're just a little bit more business oriented. Yeah. So they want either to have everything served to them, or yeah. do they want to create it on their own? But they don't want to be. Uh, they don't want to need to be technical in order to do that. So everything in our product is super visual. Yeah. Super. Um, we try to keep it intuitive, and there are also help videos all across every feature that you do. Um, So no matter, you know, different people learn in different ways. Some people prefer text, some of them prefer audio, some of them prefer video. We just make sure that we have all available options as part of our workflow within the apps. So it's going to be simple. And and again, regarding different updates, uh, it's also depending on Shopify and Shopify does a great work with updating the entire tech stack to make sure that all apps can work together seamlessly yeah. in the ecosystem yeah but it's a real thing I mean competition and and uh, issues between apps can cause a lot of issues and yeah. you know from there it's up for the support to make sure that we're fixing everything for the merchants
1: yeah so that's very interesting comment and uh, uh honestly speaking let's touch a little bit uh, more on that because you know the way you are going to design your plugin architecture going to be similar whether you are in the uh, wordpress ecosystem or shopify ecosystem i don't know if they are architecturally any different uh, but for the most part these are really sort of technical challenges in managing plugin that is sort of hijacking your code and working on your code uh, and trying to do things that obviously you are not good at that's why you have plugin and apps, you know, that are trying to do, right? So number one comment that you mentioned is, you know, what Shopify does a great job in updating their tech stack and the apps are always going to be updated. But I don't know if this is going to be responsibility of Shopify as such because, you know, each of the apps, number one, they need to update their code. And then I don't know if the responsibility lies on the, uh, you know, the, the merchants themselves, whether they want to upgrade the app or not, because, you know, the way software work, I mean, these are the fundamental of software, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, regardless of whether you are going to be in WordPress or Shopify, it doesn't matter. Uh, but each of the version is going to be compliant or, you know, major, minor version, right? They mm-hmm. are going to be compliant with each other. They are sort of going to move along. So if the apps are updated, then you need to update. And once you update, then the other app uh, did not update. Then you sort of have the conflict and, and <laughs> you know, collision that you were mentioning, right? Um, yeah, so right. I don't know if you see that.
0: No, I mean communication is is a part of the the job and and what you're doing. Like we try to have, we do have also different integrations with different yeah. apps uh, yeah. within the the, the ecosystem. Uh, so it's important to maintain a healthy relationship and communication between the different apps, so that if customers are experiencing issues with the integration or with one of the two apps, we can communicate and you know get things fixed quickly. Uh, it do, it's not always the case, but we we do try. And, you know, sometimes you do get some uh, ricochets from your uh, customers getting upset about things not working, even yeah. though it's other apps' uh, fault. Exactly. So those, yeah, things happen. It's a part of business. And it's a part, again, of the support's job to understand the customer, understand where he comes from, and try yeah. to be there to help him. So, And again, this is something that I really think you can only have if you have 24-7 live chat support available to really answer and listen. And and this is something we, we are really fighting for, you know, as we grow, it's harder to maintain, but this is something we're really not not planning on, on giving up anytime soon. Um, And if you look at our reviews, we have almost 4,000 reviews on the App Store. Yeah, yeah. All of them are mentioning the support, the support with the names of the agents that are really yeah. doing. It. So, uh, yeah, that's something that we're...
1: Yeah, and great to hear that. To be completely honest, I mean, support is definitely something you need. And when you are going to be a merchant who's pretty much doing everything in the company, you know, including IT, you know, it's a nightmare for them. So obviously, um, any support that they are going to get from your side is is, is mind blowing. But let's talk about support a little bit more, right? So when let's say you find the merchant, and I am working with these different, uh, you know, apps, um, uh, sometimes what may happen is, you know, everybody is going to have their own perspective and stories, and they are going to solve the challenges from their perspective, right? So even though you might be doing a great job, uh, you know, but that's going to be your perspective because you are looking at it from your perspective, right? But if they have five different apps, and sometimes I don't know. Uh, if you have any sort of collaboration uh, with the other app providers that, you know, you sort of decide your roles and responsibilities in terms of what uh, other, at least well-known apps, uh, you know, are doing, yeah. I guess. Um, so I don't know if I'm, you are uh, sort of following along the problem that I'm trying to mention here, but yeah, it's a very I common problem with a lot of different I, I think
0: I get it, and that there is like tons of requests for different integrations, and we yeah. cannot support all of them all the time. Right. Um, we What we're trying to let the merchants understand. We do have some unique integrations with these bigger apps, but for the rest of them, we are a Shopify app. So some people might come to me and say, hey, why don't you have an integration? I don't know, with Recharge, for example. So I'll say, I'm not a Recharge app, I'm a Shopify app. They can integrate with Shopify, and then we're going to work together. And it happens with a lot of apps. They expect us to work with them, even though there's zero business relationship between the different apps. So Um, it, it is important and we do we do everything we can to maintain a very healthy and active uh, feature request board yeah. and we want, like because we have so many merchants there's yeah. not a single merchant we don't work just with the enterprise and do whatever they want and they kind of hold us by the balls that's not kind of the case we try to solve issues to as many merchants as possible that's kind of our goal yeah. so We'll develop new stuff based on what is being requested the most. We're not going to waste development time building something that only a single merchant need, no matter how big it is. So this is kind of the philosophy of running the business. The way for us to really solve issues as fast as possible, doesn't matter if it's integration, a bug, a feature request, it's based on the amount of requests that we're getting through support. Um, And we keep, you know, prioritizing based on complexity and... You know, the business value for the merchant, the business value for us. uh, This is how we kind of try and prioritize new features.
1: Yeah, very interesting. So let's talk about the features that you had, uh, you know, mentioned uh, in the beginning in terms of what you are trying to do overall from the conversion perspective. And obviously, you know, you need to sort of get control of the thank you page uh, to be able to customize, to be able to provide the drag and drop builder that you were, uh, you know, mentioning in the conversation, right? So uh, in this particular case, I don't know uh typically you sit on top of uh, some sort of theme. Uh, are there going to be any sort of conflicts there? Because, you know, that could be a possibility as well. But you are at least trying to hijack that page, right? So let's say if I'm the merchant and I'm trying to design some sort, I need to have some sort of rules, architecture, design uh, in terms of, okay, what I am doing, who's controlling my my thank you page, because, you know, there might be three apps that might want to control that, right? So obviously you would want that, you know, you control that, but then other apps are also trying to sort of hijack that, right?
0: (laughs) It's a great question and it's straight to the point. I think as a merchant, I wouldn't wouldn't want anyone to hijack any of my pages. And that's the reason we've created Reconvert, by the way. I used to, back in the day, I used another app that yeah. you replace the Shopify checkout in order to customize some things. Yeah. And I remember one day, we were at very high scale back in the day. So I remember there was one day uh, we were in this uh, conference, so yeah. phones were outside or whatever. Um. And during this time, yeah. their integration with shipping methods from Shopify failed. Yeah. And for two hours, the checkout didn't work and customers weren't able to check out. So yeah. we pretty much, we kept spending like, I, I think $7,000 on Facebook, yeah. zero sales. During this time, and we found out when we came out. So this is when I decided, okay, I want to do the same thing, but I'm going to build it on top of the native Shopify checkout. I'm not going to hijack anything because okay. then I'm going to be held responsible for any issues with the checkout and with different integrations. We okay. built everything natively to Shopify, so everything in Shopify is going to work per- perfectly fine with Reconvert uh, and with Minta. So if you just if you go through checkout and we want yeah. to add a checkout upsell, it's going to be embedded into the Shopify checkout and work with your scripts and everything else in checkout. And if it's post-purchase, the same thing. When someone accepts the upsell, it's going to be added to the original order. The customer doesn't have to re-enter their payment details, and it's automatically going to be a part of Shopify. So even conversions and pixels and conversion tracking, all of that is going to stay exactly the same. It's not going to be affected. And from the thank you page, again, we add widget on top of the Shopify thank you page. So you can use other apps that add different elements to the thank you page. We just make it drop and and we add some more advanced functionality. And we also allow you the opportunity to display different thank you page or different funnel based on um, either product details, uh, customer details, or or, or order details. So you can really display um, whatever you want based on everything that is available on the Shopify API. But we do not take the customer elsewhere. We keep the customer in the store, uh, in the the Shopify, in the, in the domain that is connected to Shopify. We do not replace any part of the Shopify customer journey. So uh, tell us, a really l- staying behind. We don't want to change it ever.
1: And what does it mean? So tell us a little bit more about that. So when you say you don't want to change the customers, meaning you are not changing the customer object from the Shopify perspective, or what exactly does it mean? So let's say if the merchants don't know uh, what that means that you are not really controlling the, the customer itself. What does it mean for, for the merchant?
0: So no, we can control uh, different elements on the customer profile. We can add tags or notes if the customer wants to, if the merchant wants to. Yeah. Uh, so we can automatically create different automations to make it more effective. Yeah. We also call it customer birthdays, or customer surveys, and then you can it can help the merchant segment customers. So the, the the thank you page is the perfect location to collect customer birthday. He already converted, so you don't have okay. to worry about it too much. Yeah. You don't need to worry about you know hurting the conversion or getting the customer to complete the purchase. It's already done. So yeah. from now on, you can either purchase more, or yeah. you can at least segment him better. So you can collect birthday or yeah. ask him a bunch of questions to segment him later on, on Shopify, on Clavio, on emails, wherever you want. So that's something that you can do on the thank you page. And again, what, what the point I was trying to make is yeah. at any point during the visit in Reconvert, the customer doesn't leave to an external source. He's staying on Shopify, the Shopify che- native checkout through the whole experience.
1: Okay, very interesting. Do you have any stories that you might be able to share where customers were able to, you know, do magic with conversion, I guess? <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, I got here something. Let me see something. Uh, we, just yesterday, we had uh, Shopify reached out to us and they wanted us to have a demo for their team, the sales team, sales um, team for Shopify Plus, yeah. uh, to help reconvert sell to Shopify Plus merchants. Uh, yeah. So we made this actually presentation, and we have here one case, and there are a bunch of case studies on the website if you want to check it out, reconvert.io/case-studies. Yeah. But I see here one case study that we have from two sheets a Shopify Plus merchant that is working with us. The case study yeah. is on the website, you can check it out. But yeah. in one month, they generated an extra. $191,000 in extra revenue just from the thank you page with Reconvert. The ROI on the app was 174,000% in ROI. And the hmm. conversion rate of the thank you page jumped from 0% to 2.87% uh, percent conversion rate. Now, there are other success stories you can check out yeah. Uh, some of them are better, some of them are, are not as good. But again, these are impressive numbers, I think, to any business, just to add to the business on top of what they're, they were already making, um, no matter how big it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So the numbers are great, to be completely honest. But I mean, honestly speaking, what I'm really looking for is the details. OK, what they did, where they were and why they could get to these numbers is what I am personally always interested in. Uh, what they're, I mean, look, the app is a tool. Okay, yeah. it's up to the business what they have done. You know what strategies they have followed to get these results. So maybe if you can uh, you know paint some colors there in terms of what was the the, the 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 problem they came for a tool. Tool is great. You know it's gonna enable maybe they can put up birthdays and you can do a million things. Okay, there are so many different possibilities. But what really worked for them?
0: So for them specifically, uh, they just used the default thank you page that we offer. Okay. They use the one-click activation setup that we have, and that's why we kept that as a case study because it's really insane result. We really analyzed over 30,000 stores to come up with one thing that works for everyone, that is dynamic, that is personalized, that yeah. works for everyone, and it really worked best for them. Uh, and on the thank you page, it includes a few different widgets, yeah, basically a few different offers for customers. One of them is just product recommendations carousel uh, for customers to pick from, Another one would be uh, the same product purchased with an additional discount. So, for example, get another one at 15% off or something like that. And then you can have another variant or uh, if you can buy a gift for someone else you like. uh, So that's a good option. And the last option would be a pop-up with a time-sensitive offer for the next, let's say, 20 minutes. Get 20% off for the entire store, but only for you and only for the next 20 minutes. And this urgency effect uh, and the fact that it's real not fake uh, converts very well. So that's what they've done. Uh, there There's, again, some other different options, uh, like case studies on the website, and you can check uh, of different, like we tried to make the case studies based on different features within the app so you can learn more uh, this way. And um, by the way, if we're already here, we, we talked about conversion rate and we talked about uh, reconvert and, and my experience as a merchant. I just wanted to let you know that I made something for, we made something for the uh, the listeners. Um, yeah. This We have this um, an ebook, it's, it's a CRO ebook, with like 35 actionable tips for Shopify stores, uh, how to improve your conversion rate in a few simple clicks in different yeah. areas, but something that is really actionable, not like woohoo stuff, you need to do this. Like everybody knows some elements, but this is very practical based on, yeah. on test. and you can get it if you go to reconvert.io slash CRO. Um, everyone who's listening to this can get it. Uh, a lot of research and effort into this one. Uh, so check it out if it's important to anyone.
1: So, all right, listeners, you should definitely check it out. I mean, uh, sounds like a uh, great material that you can utilize and probably uh, have those numbers as well uh, for yourself. Uh, on that note, I think, uh, you know, we are coming close to our time now. So I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to cover that you could not cover as part of this episode, uh, Eric. I, I
0: really think we kind of talk about anything and, and some of the things are relevant for business owners. Some of these are relevant for merchants only. Yeah. Uh, again, as As always, times are tough right now. It's not an easy time. The yeah. world is changing super fast with a i and you know globally, the financial status isn't isn't that obvious where we're going. So you know, keep your cards close to the chest, keep optimizing the little things that require at least little work and can drive a huge growth for the business and Whatever happens, you know, just stay positive and keep grinding it out until you you make something work. <laughs> that's kind of a general thing but i don't have any other like specific topics sorry about their me
1: renting it out yeah no that was great thank you so much uh and typically we do the closing advice so i don't know if you're gonna have any additional advice right now or uh i already
0: did it sorry
1: you already yeah. did it okay <laughs> so i'll <laughs> offer an advice for you i guess uh, you know to sure. our listeners so i mean I'm, I'm typically doing the personal takeaway you know from any conversation that's my personal uh sort of motivation in being in these interviews and calls because i'm learning a lot from you guys. Okay, so in my case, I mean, you know, when I look at the overarching picture here, again, when you look at the conversion rate optimization, especially for the e commerce merchants, that's a big deal in general. So, whatever you can do, even the little things that you might be able to do um, to be able to get the additional revenue, I think that's very meaningful for anyone. So, make sure you are not really missing the boat there. On that note, Eric, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, this has been a powerful episode
0: thank you so much for this i really enjoyed it of course
1: i cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey i always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today if you want to learn more about eric head over to reconvert.io forward slash c-r-o it's r-e-c-o-n-v-e-r-t dot IU forward slash c-r-o